Welcome to the YZ Free Conversations podcast. In this episode, a few of our staff members from YZ Free Church have a conversation about how to make space for God by participating in a negativity fast. I am excited that you guys are here to talk about our next series, which is talking about the 21 days of creating space for God. And I would love to have you guys introduce yourself. So uh, if you just want to take turns and tell us who you are and what you do at Wise Out of Free, that would be great. I'm Andrea Haybison. I am the pastor of prayer and worship programming. I am Taylor Bongard, and I am the worship pastor. And I am Luke Viem, and I am the service producer. We're so glad that you guys could be here. The nice thing about this 21 days of creating space for God and having Andrea here is that she's a big part of this coming together. And so I would love, Andrea, for you to kind of tell us why as a church are we focusing on this time in January? Well, each year in January, we've taken time and usually it's just been a week, but really set aside the time to pray together and usually fast for some amount of time. Sometimes we've done a three-day fast and sometimes a six-day fast, kind of the, you know, the idea of a week. But this year, Kevin really had it on his heart that we would do 21 days. And since it's a longer time, we wanted to give some options to people so they could choose to do a food fast or a negativity fast or a digital fast. And they could do one the whole 21 days, or they could take one week to do each of them. It was kind of up to the person as they pray and as they feel God leading them. Yeah, I think, I think for us, one of the things that we're going to focus on is the negativity fast. So I'd love for you to kind of give us an idea of what does that look like? If I, do I have to be a negative person in order to do a negativity fast? If I'm naturally positive, is this just kind of a silly thing to even try to venture into? Or what does that look like? So the idea of the negativity fast came because I think as a people, uh, whether, I mean, in the United States or wherever, but I feel like especially here right now, there is a lot of division, a lot of negative talk, especially because we just went through an election process. And like, I seriously couldn't even watch television. The news would just, it just was difficult because I just felt like we kept hearing the negative all the time. I think once we start listening to the negative side of things, it's just easy to stay in that place. Mm. And then our conversation with others kind of focuses on the same thing, but it's easy to talk. It's, it's actually not a hard thing to talk negatively about things, but sometimes it's hard to talk positively, especially mm. when all you've heard is negative, trying to keep our speech positive and to speak well of one another and others. I just think sometimes can be a challenge. So that's what brings me to, because I know they're, they have been curious as to why they're here. So Taylor and Luke, uh, I, I tend to be more of a negative person. So I always have to try to remind myself. And it's funny because most people would describe me not as negative um, that know me on a surface level, but um, I have to fight that on a regular basis. But I always think of the two of you, Luke and Taylor, as more naturally positive people but again, that might just be what you guys are projecting as well on the surface. So I'd love to know what you think about this whole negativity fast idea. Yes. That's a great question. Yeah. So my, okay, my initial, I have an initial thought and it's a thought of, I think, appreciation. I guess when you asked us to conver- have a conversation around negativity, Luke and I, our first thought was like, man, I don't think we're going to be great people for this conversation. <laughs> we just kind of naturally 
push out negativity. And I guess our lives are just very fed by positivity and optimism, I guess. So, so as I thought about that more and I was preparing for this conversation, just wondering, okay, what is negativity? Where does it come from? How do you counteract it? The awareness came up in me that, man, I love that we're doing a fast on this because for people like me, uh, who I don't, I tend not to even think about it. I think just since childhood, I've told myself, I want to be a really, really optimistic, fun, adventurous, positive person. And I, I'll get into this a little bit later, but I think because of that, I've learned to like suppress negativity and that's not always a good thing. And so I, I appreciate that we're doing this fast on negativity because I think it's an invitation to just become more aware of the reality that it's part of life. Um, negativity is, it's in our world. It's in uh, the things that even that we say and do. Uh, so the thought of let's take 21 days and be intentional about not doing that for someone like me and probably like Luke, uh, that's a cool invitation because we don't naturally have to think about it, but now we get to actually like have those, <laughs> yeah. the wondering like, okay, what, what does it actually mean? Cause we can go through life and just do the things we do and not ever process why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this is a great invitation. So I was really int- interested of like, because in my mind, a fast is usually like a good thing that you give up for a certain time to create space for God. Mm. And I wouldn't necessarily think of negativity as a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to reframe a little bit of what it means to fast and what this fast will look like and be like for us. Because it might be more like sweets or alcohol in a fast like that. Yeah. Aren't necessarily, they're neutral things that mm-hmm. can be twisted really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a bit of, what this negativity fast will look like for us. And I am a naturally positive person as well. Back in middle school, I won an award for being an optimist. Tiny optimist, Luke. Yep. So <laughs> like natural bent towards um, optimism. And then just throughout life of just kind of being told that our attitude determines our experience. True. And if you have a bad attitude, you're going to have a bad experience in life. So that's definitely shaped that I want to have a positive outlook on life and influence in life. Mm. And so that means what I do in my inside um, needs to have a positive bent as well. Yeah. Well, and this is open to anyone to answer, but I'm just curious what you guys think. Another way to look at it is for some of us, if, if you're, if your natural bent is to be more positive or you're trying to stay in that positive space, maybe, maybe the negativity fast could be removing people in your life that are a negative influence on you or are only speaking negative things into your life. What does that look like? Does that, is, does that seem like a natural thing? Is that a scary thing? Should we not be doing that because we're Christians and we need to love everybody? My initial thoughts are in a culture that's so quick to cancel. Mm-hmm. Um, to cut people out um, might be cutting out one of their few mm-hmm. positive influences in their life. Um, but with that um, healthy boundaries um, and just... <laughs> Um, instead of just kind of letting the negativity roll over you to push up against it and say, oh, that's actually pretty negative. How can we look at this in a different way? Or um, just being open that negativity hurts. And so just asking for a more positive outlook. And it would probably help them to recognize um, how their negativity is influencing the people around them. 
I really like the Ephesians 4:29 passage that says, and never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. And I think that's just what Luke was talking about. Like yeah. using our words as beautiful gifts is just a cool way to think about them. I think too, if, if we're around someone who's really struggling with that, it, there's, there's ways to approach that, that don't sound like you're judging and condemning, but just say, hey, you know, like our words mean something and your words could be contributing to this really bad thing that's happening in your life. And how do we speak words that bring life instead of death? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting that you talk about that idea of, I mean, when we were, when we were first talking about this, we were talking about that um, <clears throat> culture that we live in, especially after an election with um, heavy criticism and um, just this constant battle of negativity about sides and what we believe and different things like that. And much to what Luke was saying too, I think there's, there was a little bit of that I need to purge. Like if I leave, if I unfriend all of these people on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and I remove them from my life, I might be the only positive uh, thing that they're hearing um, in the midst of a very negative world right now. So how do you do that and do that well? Because if you're trying really hard to stay positive and all you're seeing is negative stuff on the media, in media or on TV or wherever, how do you remove that and yet still be engaged in it? Because my feeling is that I went through a period of time with this election and I got to the point where there were just some people that were so loud um, and I, and I couldn't do it anymore. And it was either me removing myself from that environment or removing them from my feed and not unfriending them, not saying, Hey, we're not going to talk ever, but I needed to not have that in my face on a daily basis. And so I think that sometimes there can be strategies to help you figure out how to remove elements of it without removing yourself from their life. Um, but that was a big challenge for me, at least with this, with this election time period. And then also with, with the coronavirus. I mean, everybody has different opinions about, about the pandemic, and that can be very negative. And it has brought to the surface, these two things have brought to the surface personality traits of our people that we would consider we close friends or family members that maybe we didn't know this is how they would um, react in these moments. And so trying to figure out how do I keep you in my life and yet adjust the parameters of what that looks like so that it doesn't bring me down. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And my, my like initial wondering, and this isn't counteracting what you just said. Yeah. It's in addition to, I want to wonder how we can come up with the tools to respond well when we are confronted with negativity. Cause I, I think one option, yeah. And you just mentioned the term cancel culture. Like one option is to delete everything. Right and move to a cabin in northern minnesota <laughs> not have a tv we should probably do this which is um, what you want <laughs> for other reasons yeah and and just eliminate in this context eliminate negativity from our lives that's that's one option right in front of us uh but i would love to consider option two uh, which maybe has elements of that yeah like thank you instagram for the mute feature mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that is part of it but then i wonder like how do we as a church provide our people, any person that comes in contact with it, provide people with the tools to learn how to respond when negativity comes up. Mm-hmm. 
we had a, this is a little bit of a side story and I think it connects at a different church. We, we were doing a small group and it was like a DVD small group. So we would listen to the, the person preaching on the, the DVD and it just happened to be someone that the church wasn't necessarily a fan of. The, I don't know if it was the theology or how they said things or what, but throughout the group, people were like, we should not be watching this DVD. Like we need to shut this person out of our church system. Mm -hmm. And I was so new to that. Uh, also being new to the church. And it just felt like, man, I would much rather us as a church, like build up a tool belt so that when we interact with people who are so different from us, or when we encounter people that we don't like, our enemy maybe, that instead of just turning away and shutting them out and not interacting, we actually have tools to hear God through that person still. Hmm. Uh, so I wonder when it comes to negativity, if there, if there's a tool belt that we can build hmm. that does include eliminating sources of negativity when it's appropriate, mm -hmm. and then just learning how to, how to respond effectively and uh, appropriately, yeah. knowing that we can't remove every source from our life. That's right. just, if we want to be engaged with the world, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. We have to we have to hit it face on. So, Well, and we talk a lot in this podcast about how if we really truly believe in the three things that we say here at our church, you know, that everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible, then we have to believe that we should be able to do this in a healthy way in engaging with people who maybe have a more negative perspective and trying to figure out how to how to navigate through those kind of conversations or, or whatever that we're engaging with them. But I like that idea of a tool belt. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think this podcast, the hope around it is that it'd be one tool in that tool belt of yeah. um, knowing how to respond to negativity and yeah. forward in a more hopeful way. Yeah, definitely. Well, one of the things that Andrea and I had kind of talked about too, is I think that as someone who, um, tends to kind of fall into that negativity sometimes. Those encounters with God and really drawing close to God and letting him draw close to you makes a huge difference in how I feel that day in where my mind goes when I find myself in those periods of negativity. I think that reminder, and again, it seems so silly because as Christians, this should be our default setting, right? That if I believe in God, my default setting should be, I'm starting my day with God. I'm with God throughout the day. I'm ending my day with God. And that we let life and the busyness of life get in the way of that. And I'm shocked at how different my day goes when I start that way and end that way and encounter God throughout the day versus doing it on my own. Well, and I think for me, sometimes when I find myself angry and saying things that I probably shouldn't say, you know, you, sometimes you feel that tug, right? Of Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know, watch that or, and then it's easy, right? To just push right through that and just go, hey, but I'm angry and I'm going to get these words out. What does humility in that moment look like? And saying, hey, yeah, I probably shouldn't be speaking this out and I'm going to listen, you know, I'm going to listen this time and not regret later what I said. And sometimes that's harder than others, you know, depending on how angry you are, but there's... I feel like it gets easier. It's like a muscle that you, that when you exercise it, it does, it does get easier. But I think it's definitely not everyone's first go-to, right? Like I think yeah. I've often found myself 
wanting to just push through that and just be like, hey, I want to be angry. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there's also what we can offer to people is that sometimes as um, people who work in the church, we just kind of assume that people know the practical side of how to do this. Um, So, you know, just pray more. What does that look like? You know, or like we looked at this verse, Andrea, you'd sent us uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, rejoicing always, pray without ceasing or ceasing and everything give thanks, even when you feel like it or you don't feel like it. So, so what does that look like? Like, how do we, how do we give people practical, like, here's one thing that works really well for us, or here's, here's kind of the, the strategy for me to stay in that space of positivity. Yeah, I can share a little bit about this. Um, I, I realized as I was thinking about this is I had done a negativity fast in a certain sense, uh, a little over four years ago in the last election cycle. Nice. Um, it was just too much for me at the time. And so I decided that instead of engaging and consuming every bit of information and taking serious some of the attacks from the, the parties on both sides, mm-hmm. that I would disengage a bit. And then I chose one person to pray for. And so instead of being so engaged in the politics and the election and being up to date when things change so fast, I took the time that I would normally spend to do that. And I just prayed intercessory for one person during that whole time. And it was a really like powerful thing. I think it helped get me out of politics a bit in the sense of I don't need to be there. Um, And then just praying for someone just felt so much more whole and more aligned to what I can actually do in the world. For me, everything will always come down to relationship. It's hard to say this because I don't know if everybody should do this. But I have learned in my life that when I encounter somebody who is hard to hear or hard to deal with, I, I get a prompting from God to engage. Hmm. And again, right, like not everybody should don't don't always engage those types of people or in a scenario where someone's angry or frustrated. But I usually want to engage because in the back of my head, I constantly am telling myself I don't have the whole story. Uh, so if it's, if it's encountering someone who's frustrated or angry, uh, it's hard to watch. And in me bubbles up, like, don't be that person. Like, I just want to tell them, like, be a good person. Uh, but then I realize, okay, what's behind that anger and that frustration. It's most likely fear. It's most likely hurt. Uh, and it's most likely their desire to regain control. And that's, I mean, we're human, right? So we, a natural instinct is to control mm-hmm. and build our entire lives around things that we can control. So then when we encounter something where we are out of control, I think that's where emotions bubble up and sure. we respond to find our way back to center. Mm-hmm. And often it's in really unhealthy ways and mm-hmm. negative ways. And so when I, when I'm encountering somebody, my desire is to, if it's possible to somehow engage and that usually looks like a long-term connection. So mm-hmm. this, I don't think I'm referring to like, you're in the grocery store and someone's angry at the clerk. Like you can't like pull them aside and be like, let's be friends. Let's go get coffee. I mean, I mean, you can, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you do yeah. that. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. Not everyone should yeah. maybe <laughs> try it, see if it works. <laughs> but I just think some of my close friends, uh, I, have, I have some friends that my other friends don't like mm-hmm. and they're just hard people. Mm-hmm. And I guess I feel like I'm called and have been chosen to engage with 
said people. And the longer I uh, spend time with these people and the deeper I engage, the more I understand like, oh, you are, you're just coming from a very broken place Mm -hmm. and how you have learned to express that brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just like the action step for me is constantly being reminded. And I think this is God reminding me, Taylor, you don't know the whole story. If it's dealing with a person, Mm -hmm. there's always something that is encouraging that behavior, even if it's negative behavior, there's, there's Mm -hmm. something deeper that uh, when it's applicable, try to get to that deeper place, Mm. but it's, it it isn't always. So this is a catch all, like just be friendly with people and become friends with everybody. It doesn't work that way, Mm -hmm. Um, but we can, we can slow down and and just become aware of there's probably more to this Mm -hmm. and there might not be anybody asking. Mm. There might not be anybody taking the time to slow down with that person and engage that the the deeper uh, elements to what's happening. So consider the idea that we don't have the full story. That would be, I guess, my kind of actionable step as we engage with the world. Just always have that in our head, reminding ourselves. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think a lot of people, and I didn't for a long time realize that our words actually create. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And I learned, I had to learn uh, that what I was speaking was actually creating the way things were going to happen. And I think when we look at it that way and we help others understand that, it can really change their life. I've had friends too that I've walked alongside of. And sometimes it's just saying, hey, look at, look at what's happening as you speak and what's that doing to your heart and what's that doing to your perspective and what's that doing to those around you to maybe pay attention to, to that. And sometimes it's just helping them change the way they speak about things that changes perspective and mm-hmm. changes hearts. And it's, it, again, it's, and I think the 21 days thing is great because it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You don't just all of a sudden wake up and be this amazing, positive person. But I think 21 days of just being intentional about your words and your thoughts and what you're allowing to speak into your life. And like Luke said, instead of engaging in the negative to pray for someone, doing that over time, it does help. It changes and it changes our perspective. And I think I think we might even see things change around us and people change around us because it's easy, it's easy to feed into the negative, but to to decide to change that and to think positively about it or to speak positively about it. I just noticed it does change. Yeah, it really does. Well, and I was just thinking too, when you guys were talking about Taylor, when you were talking about that understanding that backstory, basically of, of people that you encounter, I think that what would be interesting for those of us who recognize negativity in our own life is to turn that around and look at ourselves and and do some self-reflection and go okay what's my backstory what what's behind this negativity that i find myself in because it's hard to do it with other people it's equally as hard to do it with yourself to say i clearly am choosing to be negative right now what has led me to that process and maybe i need to kind of sit in that self-reflection for a little while in order to to understand it because i think it's hard to correct it if we can't verbalize what it is and why why we're 
in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Like action step number four is find a therapist. Right. <laughs> the best I've ever done for my entire life is to <laughs> sit with a therapist every two weeks and just unpack the things that I taught myself as a kid mm. that are now just like, Oh, that makes so much sense. Why I do this. <laughs> well, and let's talk about that too, because I think that that's, I mean, maybe this wasn't the intended purpose behind this, but honestly, I think for a lot of people, therapy is seen as something that you have to have had something traumatic, an addiction, a uh, uh, marriage you know, fell apart. That's the only thing that's going to lead me to go see a counselor or a therapist. Is that the case? Do people, can people go with a very simple, like, I just struggle with negativity? I don't think you only approach therapy when something comes up. Uh, I think a, a therapist is just like the tether that every human being needs. I'm learning so much about my childhood. And I mean, even this, even the idea of negativity. I, as a, as a young, very young kid, had some negative people in my life and I somehow taught myself, I don't ever want to be like that person. Mm -hmm. I don't make other people feel the way I feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I, I just taught myself how to cope by suppressing negativity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a kid, that was great. It worked. But as an adult, it doesn't. Uh, As an adult, I've learned, I have to come up with ways to deal with it as I experience it. Mm. You can't, you can't just suppress things you don't like. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it will, it'll still be there. And mm-hmm. I've learned that when I suppress things, my body takes it on. And then my body's like, well, I'm not happy. And I'm going to tell you that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, therapy. I think every person should have a therapist. And I, I went to therapy initially as a react, but I, I, I stayed in it after that had kind of, gotten settled and figured out and was like, okay, this train fire is put out Mm. and I could have moved on. Yeah. But I I chose not to because there was a lot of other things in that train that needed to be fixed Um, (laughs) where the, the rails were going was not where I wanted to be going. So Mm. in, in changing the tracks and therapy helped me do that. And it's just something that I've noticed the more I engage into it, the better I am doing. And the longer I go between visits, um, the more chaotic my interior mm-hmm. life feels. And so it, it's a very ordering thing for me. Yeah. In my life, that's been, um, that's been prayer ministry, which yeah. probably is similar in some ways. But I just having those people in your life who will help you pray through things and speak truth into your life. And, and even having a chance to allow Holy Spirit, right, to speak into those places in your life where you're believing lies. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes just believing lies about yourself or, or God or others uh, causes emotions that we just don't know how to deal with. But sometimes just finding out what the truth is can change can change everything. And so yeah, therapy or, you know, finding finding a good prayer ministry. You know, we have counseling here and we have gateway prayer ministry and transformation prayer, and that can be huge too. Mm-hmm. However you choose to identify that there's an, a negativity in your life, whether that's through counseling or meeting with people or your own time of self-reflection, the next step that's really crucial is to figure out how now to um, fill that space back up um, with God. And I guess my question is, how do you do that? 
how do you go from, okay, now I know this is a problem. I've looked at myself and, and realized that there's some stuff behind this and, I've, and I'm starting to kind of unpack that. But then what are some things that I can focus on or stuff that I can, um, steps I can take that now are filling that space with God? When I was thinking of negativity and how to kind of counteract it, uh, even if it's negativity from me or if it's experiencing negativity from the world around me, um, I, I immediately went to, okay, so the opposite of negativity is positivity. And then I kind of realized like, man, but I've been around people who are too positive and it just wasn't helpful. <laughs> and, and I think about some experiences I've had where around like bitter negativity and I tried to be positive and it just didn't do anything. Like it just kind of fuels sometimes. Uh, so then I, I started wondering if the opposite of negativity is actually gratitude um, because gratitude is like one of the few things that takes us out of ourselves and gratitude puts the focus either on the other or puts the focus on God and it helps us just get out of our own heads and out of our own experience. And when we choose to focus on being grateful uh, in all things, this is the first Thessalonians pa uh, passage. Uh, it's not, let's be grateful for everything. Like, man, I'm so grateful that I'm experiencing this really hard thing. I think it's God asking us, will you still choose to be grateful in it? even though you are going through it. Uh, so I think when we start to feel negative, I'm sure I'll put this on myself right now. When I start to express negativity, either through frustration or anger or gossip or talking about someone behind their back, if I can stop myself and think, how do I express gratitude right now instead? Mm -hmm. So I am grateful for this person, this friend. Uh, I'm grateful for the ability to stop and think about what I'm feeling. Um, I am grateful for the ridiculous love, grace, and mercy of our God, who even in our negativity chooses to pursue us and hold us and invite us into life. Uh, so I just want to wonder if if gratitude is kind of the heartbeat behind mm -hmm. how we counteract negativity. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I do think that like, let's post positive sayings, let's Let's engage in scripture every day. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's say positive things to the people around us. I do think that's helpful. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't think that's enough. Mm -hmm. I think gratitude mm -hmm. is, is kind of the foundation of why we even do those things. Mm -hmm. I think gratitude is the foundation for positivity, but I think it has to start there. It has to start with an appreciation for life um, and, and, just gratitude to God for simply giving us what we have. Like when we lose focus of that, we start to try and control and we get busy and <laughs> yep. we engage with the world in just unhealthy ways. But when we're coming from a place, place of pure gratitude, I think we start to engage in really appropriate ways and ways that are helpful to yeah. ourselves the people we're engaging with. If you're sitting down with someone and talking about how to get rid of this negativity, where's that next step of now letting God fill that space that yeah. you can remove? If you're a person who struggles with either feeling this need to listen to a lot of negative things on whether it's social media or television, or if you find yourself feeling more negative, that it's really a chance for you to pause and say, you know, God, what do you have for me? in this time like 
being able to just say to yourself, you know, in the midst of all this, it is well, like God has me and just to really turn toward him in a way that maybe you haven't before in those times when you've felt that way. And, and God's really okay with that and can meet you there. And because I wanted that to be clear that we're, we're not trying to fix, you know, like yeah. fix anyone. It's more a, ch- uh, a chance to pause mm-hmm. because we don't do that. I think, especially when we're angry, mm-hmm. we don't pause. Yeah. yeah. It's too easy to just jump into being angry or feel like I just really need to hear all the bad things that are happening. Mm-hmm. When, and here is where I don't want to be trite. Right. I know. Right? Like, I don't want to just say, well, just read scripture, mm-hmm. just pray. Because I think sometimes people feel like they've tried that. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's like, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. That's his promise. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I think we often stop short. Yeah. We give, we give God five minutes. And mm-hmm. if nothing happens in that five minutes, Mm-hmm. We think he's not going to answer. And mm-hmm. for those of us who have, you know, been in this faith journey for a long time, yeah. sometimes it takes really taking time in his presence, mm-hmm. you know, reading scripture until something jumps out at you, yeah. praying until you have that sense of his presence mm-hmm. that sometimes it's more like an hour mm-hmm. or an afternoon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think we're so quick to just, our lives are so segmented and we, yeah. just like we do other people, we give God five minutes or 15 minutes and we think somehow that's changing our life mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> instead of really giving him that time. So, yeah. but does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And I think that my suggestion too, is that don't, don't give up. Like if some way that you did it in the past didn't work, then try something else. Like, I just think that for me, you know, like you grow up in the church and you just feel like there's a certain kind of expectation of what it means to connect with God on a daily basis. And not until I was this age, did I figure out what works best to get that intimacy level. And I think that's when I feel like my life fills up with God and makes it way easier to go out into that world, dealing with negativity and feeling like I'm full of all the good stuff that God's given me. And so for me that, you know, like mine starts with worship um, and then leads into prayer because, you know, maybe, I don't know if there are other people out there, but for me, music has always been a big way that God speaks to me. And so starting there, you know, with worship, something that I know has already drawn me close to God and then seeing where it goes from there and letting letting myself have the time, like you said, to really just kind of let God speak to me, whether that's through journaling or it's through uh, prayer or whatever comes next, not putting myself so much into a box that it has to look a way that, that I either feel people expect is the way that you connect with God, or I'm going to the go-to that I've done in the past. That's, that's again, why I would challenge people to try something different. Don't don't, it doesn't have to look the same way all the time. And that's the thing that I love about these fasts, that they're all different options. So whether or not you're doing the negativity fast for the entire 21 days, or you're going to take uh, and do all three and split them up or, you know, whatever works. I mean, um, I just think that having those options and, and different ways of letting God fill that space is really important. I love that. And I love how you talked about worship because 
there have been times I know in my in my walk with God where it's the times I don't want to spend time in worship that I most need to. Yeah. And I think part of it is just pushing past your emotion of the minute. Mm -hmm. And like you said, try something new, try mm -hmm. something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also think there's, there's a vulnerability, you know, we've been talking about vulnerability, uh, starting to talk about it in the podcast and, you know, that idea of, of really letting God fill in the gaps, fill in the space that you've created, I think requires you to be vulnerable. So whether that's vulnerable in prayer or vulnerable in worship or vulnerable in, you know, the way that you encounter scripture and really just letting God speak to you just makes for a deeper connection. And that idea of drawing near isn't just, I've, I've gone through the steps or I've decided to do something. It's, it's really exposing yourself and letting letting God truly draw near to you, um, which requires you to let down some walls, I feel. Well, I hate to uh, bring us to a close, but I'd love to know if you guys have any last things that you want to share as it pertains to this creating space and, and specific to, to negativity or just any of the things that we've talked about before we end today. Uh, I have a quote yeah. um, that kind of, when I first read it, took me off guard. Um, and it's by uh, a missionary to India in the mid-1900s. Um, he says, I am neither an optimist nor a pessimist. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Hmm. Uh, and it's the idea that optimists look at the world that it's better than it actually is. Yeah. And yeah. pessimists think that it's worse than it actually is. But what we're able to give the world is hope hmm. that no matter how bad the world is or how good it might seem, um, there's something better in the future when um, the Christ who is risen mm. redeems all things and raises all of us up from where we are, which is often chaotic and negative and seems to be going down the drain. He redeems it and raises it up mm -hmm. with himself. Mm. Love that. Love that too. I just want to thank you guys for being a part of this and I'm excited thank to you. see what's going to happen with our, our church during these 21 days. Um, so thanks for, thanks for talking to me. You've been listening to the Wyzetta Free Conversations podcast. For more information about Wyzetta Free Church, please check out wyzettafree.org or download our app available on the App Store or on Google Play.